the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Lift Up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. We are here every weekday at this time to share the good news of Jesus and to lift up His name to this city. No matter if you are listening right now from your car or at home or in your place of work, we believe that today's sermon from Pastor Dudley will be a blessing to everyone. So if you can, get out your Bibles and let's join Pastor Dudley right now with his message. I want you to take your Bibles and turn to the book of Galatians. The book of Galatians. Everybody say Galatians. Chapter 3, and inside your bulletin, there's a sermon outline, and I really want to encourage you to take that sermon outline and follow along. We're in our series called One Thing, and if you're new uh, here to the church, I was reading through the Bible, and I saw this phrase, one thing. It just said one thing. I thought, well, surely I can do one thing, and so as I started to look at it, it spoke of priority, and then I found another one thing, and then I found another one thing, and I found seven of them. And so I thought, you know what, this would make a great study. And so we put a book together, and we're involved in a life group. This series lasts seven weeks, and today is week number four. We're halfway through. And uh, in my opinion, this is my opinion, this is the most important of the seven one things. So I'm really glad you're here to hear what I think is the most important one. Amen? Amen. But uh, our message today, the sermon today, if you have Galatians 3 in your outline, it, it centers around a question. It's a question. And you and I, every day, are bombarded with questions. Some of them you wrestle with every single day of your life. Are you pro mandate or are you against mandates? Are you for funding the police or defunding the police? Are you a Bruin or are you a Trojan? (laughs) Are you pro-abortion or are you pro-life? Are you a coffee drinker or are you a coffee sustainer? Do you like your eggs over easy or do you like them over well? We have questions. Some are important, some are not so important, but they're still questions. Today's sermon involves a question. And I believe it's the most important question that you will ever answer. And every single person in this room and watching online needs to answer this question. And you need to answer it today. Now, I want to explain a little bit of the history. Everybody say history and say the word context. I want to give you a little context. I'm holding in my hand a copy of of the Scriptures. It's It's the New Testament. The New Testament. And, you know, we're, we're 2,000 years on this side of when this was written. This is 2,000 years old, the New Testament. And when it was written, and it's very difficult, and every pastor does this as we preach, we're, 
we always have to take you back to what was going on in the world when it was written for you to really understand what was written. Now, we know it applies to today, but the context and the history is very important for our understanding. So whenever you pick up a copy of the New Testament and you start to read, realize it was written 2,000 years ago, also realize that at that moment that Christianity was just beginning. Today it's 2,000 years old. But when it was written, uh, Christianity was in its infancy. And so here's what you need to know. The people that were there in the first century that for the previous 1,000 years, people had been living under what's called a covenant. The Old Covenant or the Old Testament, which was a system of rules and laws and regulation. And so people understood back then that their salvation was based upon the keeping of laws. Now, uh, you know this, you can write this number down somewhere in your notes. There aren't 10 commandments, there's 613. Now, we know the 10 because they're the most famous. But if you really read through the old law, you will find, if you kept record, there's 613. Now, the 10 kind of, you know, they're the 10 biggies, and all of the commandments have to do with those 10 commandments in some form or fashion. So for a thousand years, people are following the law, and then one day, this guy shows up claiming to be the Messiah. His name is Jesus. He's the fulfillment of the Old Testament. And when Jesus appears, he begins what we know today as the new covenant, or the new era, or the new kingdom, the new dispensation of grace. After a thousand years of the old covenant, or the Old Testament, Jesus goes to the cross and there he pays the penalty for all of our sins and Christianity begins. Change is never easy. Amen? So it's understandably that back when the Bible was written, there were arguments and disputes and people wrangling with one another, disagreements between the old guard who believed in the old law and the new guard, those who believed in the new era of grace, those battles emerge. And in many of the churches back in the New Testament, so when you're reading through the Scriptures, there are people that are always arguing about what actually saves the person. Uh, there, were all, there was always friction and disagreements regarding matters of the law versus matters of grace. So, With Paul, when he writes this book of Galatians that we're studying today, he's writing to clear up any misunderstandings about the importance of grace as it relates to our salvation and the doctrines that we teach and believe here at this church. After all, everybody say after all. Write this down. The law and grace are polar opposites. They are polar opposites. They are two different things all together. And let's look at our text, Galatians chapter 3, verse 1. Paul writes these words. They're pretty strong. 
he begins the third chapter and he says, you foolish Galatians, who has, what's the word? Who has bewitched you? Now, just so you know, he's kind of scolding them. He, he's a little upset. I don't think he's mocking them, but he is scolding them to some degree. And he's basically saying this in our vernacular, you can't be this dumb. And then he says, before your very eyes, this isn't hearsay, before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. And what he's saying there is he's remembering when he preached to them for the first time, knowing that they had been following the law, and as he preached, he explained to them the new covenant, which is Jesus dying on a cross, and he's basically saying, I know what I preached. I was very clear before your very eyes and your ears. You know the truth that we're saved by grace, not by the law. There's no debating that fact. And then he says this in verse 2. Are you ready? He said, I would like to know one thing. Everybody say one thing. He's saying, I don't have, I don't have a thousand questions for you Galatians. I only have one question for you to answer. Did you receive the Spirit, which is salvation, when you were saved by observing the law or by believing in that which you heard? In other words, the question is, were you saved by the law or were you saved by grace? Verse 3, he says, are you, we would say, are you this foolish? After beginning with the Spirit, your salvation, you know, when you get saved, God gives you His Spirit. Are you now trying to obtain your salvation by human effort? Oh, grab your outline. Let me see your outline. Wave it at me. Wave it at me. Wave it at me. I've got four things to tell you about the law and grace. Number one, write this down, and I will tell you this is not difficult to understand. The law is about rules. Grace is about a relationship. And they are polar opposites, as we mentioned. The Old Testament, the keeping of these 613 laws and rules and regulations. You see, what that was was a covenant. It's called the Old Covenant. Now, what is a covenant? <clears throat> a covenant, there have to be two parties, two entities, two participants to have a covenant. And so, God is one of the participants, and the other participant is the nation of Israel. God declares, this is in the Old Testament, a covenant with His people. Now remember, you've got to have two things. Number one, you've got to have two participants. Secondly, you have to have rules and regulations that the two parties agree to. Those are the rules and the regulations and the guidelines of the covenant. So you've got God, and you've got God's people with a covenant. And the covenant is based upon the character of God who is unchanging and faithful in all that He does. That's the type of person you want to have a covenant with. 
And the covenant is between God and God's people based upon the rules and the regulations of the Old Testament. That had been going on for a thousand years until God in heaven finally said, it's time, it's time, it's time. And he sends Jesus into this world and Jesus shows up in this world and Jesus is going to start a new covenant. And on the night before he goes to the cross, in other words, tomorrow he's going to go die on the cross. This is the night before he dies on the cross. He gathers his 12 disciples in a place that we know as the upper room. The reason they're even in the upper room is they are celebrating the Passover, which for a thousand years, a yearly observance where they would meet and celebrate and remember a thousand years earlier where God set Israel free from bondage from Pharaoh down there in Egypt and began the trek of the Israelites eventually getting into the land that belonged to them. And they had this yearly celebration every year, basically for all practical purposes, to remember the old covenant. And so they're in this upper room, having dinner, remembering that God set them free a thousand years earlier. And at the end of that dinner, in Luke chapter 22, verse 19, are you with me? You know this story? He took some bread and he, he broke it. He gave thanks and he broke it. Now, stay with me. They have no idea that tomorrow he's going to hang on a cross. They don't know this. We know it because we're looking back. But they're in this upper room celebrating the Passover. And they're just having a good time. Still living underneath the old covenant. And Jesus takes this bread. They don't know, but he knows that tomorrow when he dies, that they should be able to put two and two together and understand. But at the time, they don't understand. He takes the bread, he gives thanks, he breaks it, he gives it to them, and he says, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And here we are at Shepherd Church. We took communion today to do just that. We're one of the few churches in this country that still serve communion every week. We're following his wishes there in Luke chapter 22. But pay very careful attention. Pay careful attention to the very next verse. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup i've got a little communion cup that they give you when we go to israel in the garden tomb we have communion in the garden tomb now the difference is i think jesus's cup was probably a little bigger than this one (laughs) and he actually had some wine inside of his cup this there's no wine inside of this one Cynthia. but jesus took the cup and here's what he said pay attention he said this is the new covenant. Now, don't remember, they have no idea that he's going to die the next day. They don't know that. This is a new covenant in my 
blood which is poured out for you. And what Jesus is doing or saying or referring to as the new covenant, he's basically saying this. He's saying, boys, I've got an announcement to make. And the announcement is, I have come to start a new covenant. After I pour out my literal blood, and they don't know, but tomorrow I'm going to go to the cross, and I literally will pour out my blood, and after the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, at that moment, the forgiveness of sins will be made available to all, for all, so that all of humanity can have a chance to once again have fellowship with God. I do not want you to miss the magnitude of that statement. He's declaring that after a thousand years of following the law, we're no longer going to have to live under the covenant of the law that from this point forward, there's a new covenant of love and grace. Hebrews 8 verse 13 puts it this way, by calling this covenant new, He has made the first one, the first covenant, obsolete, which is obsolete and aging and will soon disappear. All of that to say that the Old Testament is all about laws and rules and regulations and condemnation. The New Testament is all about grace and having a relationship, a union, a a connection with Jesus himself, who was the person who poured out his blood as an atonement for our sins. And ladies and gentlemen, that is the difference between all of the religions in the world and Christianity. It's what sets Christianity apart. Christianity is not like all the other religions of the world because all of the religions of the world are based on doing things and being a good person and following rules and and guidelines and, 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 and having obligations. But Christianity is based on what Christ did on the cross, welcoming you into His family, not based on your works, but based on what He did upon the cross. Now here's the second thing you need to know. The law incriminates. It finds you guilty. But grace liberates. It sets you free. And if you have ever attended, if you've ever gone to this church, I know we have so many new people here, but if you've attended this church for any length of time, you've heard me say these words, that the law only does one thing. Whenever you look at the law, the law only does one thing, and here's what it is. The law only proves that you can't keep it. That's all it proves. There's a couple of verses I want you to see. The first is James chapter 2, verse 10. Do you know what James chapter 2, verse 10 says? You need to know what James 2, 10 says. I want to ask a question. I want you to be honest. You're in church. How many of you would admit you're not perfect, but you're a decent you're a decent person. You're, you're a good person. You've got a good heart. You're, you're not perfect. You're not perfect, but you're a decent person. Raise your hand if you call yourself a decent person. Now, raise your hand. Look next to you. If the person next to you is not raising their hand, you need to scoot away from them. 
we all think we're decent people. James 2.10, here's what it says. Whoever keeps the whole law, the entire law, you keep every part of the law except you stumble at just one point. The Bible says you are guilty of breaking all of it. I want you to think about that. We have tens of thousands of laws on our, but we literally have about 200,000 laws in this country. If you've ever broken any of those laws, you are a lawbreaker. Most of you broke several laws just driving to church today. It's true. It's true. You're in here trying to convince us you're a decent person, but you broke all kinds of laws getting in here. You did what's called a California stop. You know what that is? That's where you come up to a stop sign, you turn, you kind of look, but you just, you just kind of roll right through it. Many of you broke the speed limit. Some of you did not immediately put your seatbelt on, but you drove out and about halfway down, you put the seatbelt on, or some of you crossed lanes without using your blinker. Some of you probably didn't even stop at the stop sign coming into the church parking lot. The Bible says if you break any of the laws, you're considered to be a lawbreaker, and that's true. I want you to think about the members of Congress. The members of Congress are the ones that pass all those laws. They make up all the laws. And how many times have you seen just in the last few months laws that they have mandated, things that they have mandated, and a couple of months later you see them breaking the very laws that they've asked us to live by? How many of you have seen that? You've seen it. But it's not just them. It's all of us. How many of you, be honest, you're in church. How many of you have ever got a speeding ticket? Raise your hand, raise your hand, raise your hand if you've ever got a speeding ticket. Mm-hmm. How many of you, be honest, be honest. How many of you have ever texted while driving your car? Raise your hand, come on, come on, raise your hand. This next one's going to be hard for you to raise your hand on, but I want you to be truthful. How many of you, how many of you have ever ridden in the carpool lane and you're the only one in the car raise your hand mm-hmm. <laughs> romans 3 verse 20 says that no one will be declared righteous in his sight by observing the law rather the law we only become conscious of sin it's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day we exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. If Pastor Dudley's message has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here every day to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts, whether large or small, are greatly appreciated and go directly to help keep us on the air. You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. Hello, friends. My name is Dusty Frizzell, and I want to invite you to our new Thursday night service at Shepherd Church. That's right. We're adding a fourth service. Worship service starts at 7 p.m., and it's for all ages. We'll be following the same sermon series as the weekends, and you'll hear from myself, 
from some of my friends, and even from Pastor Dudley. So if you'll be gone on a weekend or you just want to open up some seats for others on the weekends, join us on Thursdays at 7 p.m. I hope to see you there. We live in the most distracted culture in the history of the world. We see about 10,000 messages every day. We even touch our phones about 2,000 times a day. We're literally being overwhelmed with information. That's why there's no better time than right now for Dudley Rutherford's remarkable new book, One Thing, Rediscover a Simpler Faith in Our Complicated World. In this timely book, Pastor Dudley invites you to open your Bible and look closely at seven key passages of Scripture where you'll find the beautifully uncomplicated phrase, One Thing. These scriptures will quiet all the noise that you're hearing and call you back to a simpler faith. Dudley Rutherford has discovered the secret of how to focus our lives on the one thing that matters. What if you could find that simplicity? It's waiting out there, and this is your roadmap to freedom. Contact Lift Up Jesus today and get your copy of One Thing, the book that could finally change everything. I'm Kyle Welch inviting you to join us tomorrow at this same time as we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.